from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios in Knoxville, it's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Here are your hosts, John Reed and Bob Baskerville. Back in the booth, back on the airwaves. Good morning to you, Knoxville. As we come in on this Tuesday, January 30th, live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios, John Reed, Bob Baskerville, Sam Beard, as we get your Tuesday kicked off and started. It was cold again this morning. Car was frozen. It's different at 6 a.m. when you go out there and your car's frozen. Then poor Sam had to come open the gate and... Luckily, he was out there right when I was coming down the hill, Bob. I was like, oh, please be out there. Please be out there. Because I was a little late. like 647. I was like, oh, I don't want to get out. Saw Sam. <laughs> then I felt guilty because I was like, Sam probably pulled up thinking the same thing. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, damn <laughs> no, John. I crashed that hill. And I'm like, yeah. ooh, is the gate open? Oh, man. <laughs> there was no Bob waiting. So Sam was the first person there. And I wondered if it, it crossed his mind just to circle the block one time. <laughs> I saw your car getting off the top of the hill, and I was like, man, if I was just 10 seconds later. <laughs> Could have circled the block. Since we don't have to worry about getting the cameras up, didn't have to be here quite as early, so I took advantage of it. Sam did not. Bob, how are you this morning? I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, it is a little cold. Um, I'm trying to look ahead. Looks like it's going to warm up today, so that's good. Uh, it's going to be in the 50s, and it's really tough to complain after you got we got to think back to where we were two weeks ago that was rough but uh but yeah i'm good i could take cold as long as it's dry correct i agree dry dry cold so what i mean by that is obviously no rain or most importantly no snow or ice i can handle that at least in this job i mean if i was out working outside all day it might be a little bit of a different story but i, I could handle the walk to the car and the walk to get the gate open or, or come inside not too bad a little chilly in the studios, but that's okay. It's better than, I guess, being freezing in the studio or too hot in the studio. So, comfortable enough. And the countdown's on in here, man, right? We think? <laughs> yeah, the, th- the countdown is on. Yeah, I would say I'd put it within 10 days, maybe. 10 business days for sure, like 10 show yeah. days for sure. I was thinking 10 business days. Maybe by the end of next week. I hope. Which I guess wouldn't necessarily be 10 days, but maybe close enough. Sam, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. Pretty pretty solid uh, solid afternoon for me, solid night. Didn't get into a whole lot, just uh, had one of my classes canceled. That was a big plus. Nice. Yeah, that was a big plus. Big win. Uh, got to go home and have a, a little homemade lunch, so that was good. And then, uh, yeah, finished out the rest of my day in the classroom, went home, worked out, cooked a little dinner, watched some college basketball, and I'm back here. Wow, what a day for you. Yeah. You're, you're taking four classes this semester? Yeah. Right? Four. One of them's this, this internship, basically. Oh, nice. So only so three it's really classes. only three. Yeah, okay, it's not good. too bad at all. Yeah, sometimes when I feel bad about Sam having to get up and stuff, I'm like, well, he does have to have to graduate, so <laughs> it makes me feel a little less bad. Yeah. I had to do something with, the, like, the Smokies when I was your age, and I was miserable doing that. Yeah. So some, of the, some of the internships that these kids have to do are tough. Yeah. Like, you, you long got hours, it, you know? You, you I mean? got it fairly easy. Yeah, I think. I think I have a pretty solid draw. God, working with the Smokies radio station, that was about... That made me realize I did not want to do anything super serious. I was like, this is miserable. John was not a play-by-play guy after that. No, it wasn't that. I I wasn't even wanting to do play-by-play, so I don't know exactly what the hell I was thinking doing that internship, but I would have to go 
sit inside like the sports animal studios because I mean they broadcast the games or whatever, and I would just have to wait for something to happen either in the Smokies game. And then, like, around the rest of the Southern League or whatever, and, like, clip a highlight and put it in there. Like, here's a random minor league guy with a two-run double or just have to listen to the radio hoping, can I get a big strikeout to end the inning at least? Can I get something? <laughs> oh, it was miserable. And it was long, too, because, you know, some of those baseball games, three hours, and then you throw in a rain delay here and there. And made me realize I did not want to do any baseball work especially. Was that in the Tom Hart era? Uh, Tom Hart, you know, being the play-by-play guy? No, yeah. No, it wouldn't. It was, no, it was uh, the guy who's still doing it now, Gillespie or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was him. And this would, I guess, been in like 2012 or so, 13. Because I don't remember, I always hear Hart, you know, that's why he always makes all his Knoxville references when he's doing play-by-play for SEC Network. Interesting. Yeah, he, but, but I don't remember, not that I listened avidly to Smokey's games on the radio, but he apparently was the, he was the play-by-play guy for a while. Interesting. Didn't realize that. Uh, I just know, like, oh, I saw Chris Bryant and Yasiel Puig. So that was okay. Yeah, that's cool. Like, the, the, the Smokies actually were pretty good during yeah. that time. They had a bunch of the Cubs prospects, a bunch of the good guys that eventually got up and won the World Series. So that was kind of cool. Like, Baez was there. And, you know, me not being a huge baseball fan, didn't fully care about that. Mm-hmm. But you knew I knew enough to know, like, oh, yeah, these are big prospects. Like, they will be in the pros. And Puig came up with the lookouts. And, like, at least I can say that, I guess. Not that I really cared, but really just mad about like the 10, 11 o'clock at nights and I was having to cut up highlights of strikeouts. And, double A. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, double A is better than triple A, I guess, in the sense of like, you know, the prospects. Because most of the good prospects don't make it to triple A. They get promoted from double A. So at least I had that going for me. But yeah, yeah it was a dark time in my life. Michael Jordan played some games against the Smokies, too. Right? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't around for that either. Yeah. But, yeah, I do know that it was Birmingham, right? The Birmingham. Birmingham yeah. Yeah, and there's all sorts of other legend surrounding him about his time in Knoxville that, you know, he might have a had a baby mama here. Or... I was going to say, I've heard of that. You know, there's there was a girl that people talked about from high school that I think was pretty much confirmed as as one of his, like, illegitimate kids. And then... That happens, I think, all throughout America, really. Not even, like, the southeast from the baseball days. But, like, you know, people started connecting the dots to Anthony Edwards and putting up the side-by-side <laughs> picture there. It's like, huh, Anthony Edwards and Michael Jordan look a lot alike. A lot alike. <laughs> Him and Jimmy Butler look a lot alike. They're kind of cut the same way. <laughs> Is it possible Jordan has a couple of uh, children just in the NBA? Because his own kids, you know, they didn't. I, actually, I felt so bad. As bad as I could for Michael Jordan, but like, uh, there's a show on, I guess, Peacock called uh, Traders, which I guess takes all of like these reality stars and kind of puts them in like a, a house together, and it's going to be kind of like a murder mystery type of thing. I, I don't know, but it's like a lot of the personalities you've come to know from Challenge, from the Challenge on MTV, from like Big Brother, Survivor, you know, Vanderpump Rules, and all this stuff. And then I look up, and it's Larsa Pippen and Michael Jordan's son, and they're on there because they're a reality TV uh, stars as well. And I'm like, really? And then Marcus Jordan, his son, is like, you know, I'm, I'm Michael Jordan's son, so I'm really competitive. I want to win this game. We're, like, we're <laughs> Jordans. We like to win. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm sure that's what Michael Jordan was thinking when he was becoming a basketball killer. Was, Man, I hope my son one day is a reality TV star and wins this competition. $250,000 prize. So, I mean, I guess that would be not not bad. But, like, yeah, I mean, when you're 
And you're Michael Jordan. You probably had higher aspirations. That's all I could think about during the one episode I watched. We're Jordans. We like to win. Oh. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> As you're dating a 50-year-old woman of your ex-teammate, of your dad's ex-teammate, you're dating his ex-wife. Which is weird. Really weird. Really sad from his perspective. Like, from her perspective, I get it. Not to get you too... Think? <laughs> from her perspective, I get it just in the sense of, like, yeah, he's going to be a... He's a, kind of a billionaire. Because I imagine, like, Jordan's not going like, to cut him off. I, yeah. I imagine they get some type of money from, from him or live good, at least. They've got some percentage of the Jordan brand somewhere. I would think so. I, I would imagine yeah. that like he's at least got set up. Maybe not through his personal money, but like through Nike. Maybe Nike cuts him a check. Maybe Phil Knight gives him some type of stipend. I don't know. But I get it from her perspective. Like, hey, I'm gonna cling to be famous, so I can't get Michael. So I'll take you know the other Jordan. But from his perspective, I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't get it. And this all started with talk about internships. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I got to Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, the smoke Smokies. Yeah. yeah, you brought up his illegitimate children, and then I was bringing up his real children that he's probably really <laughs> disappointed in. He's probably really disappointed in them. Is he more proud of his illegitimate children than his legitimate children? I mean, if it's Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Yeah? Because, I mean, like, that's pretty smart. Like, you're the, you're the basketball player I never had. Anthony Edwards is from Georgia, so, I mean, if you're just connecting the southeast dots, Bob, I mean, he probably... Spent plenty of time in Atlanta and that area growing up. Just saying. <laughs> Jimmy Butler's from Chicago, so I mean, obviously Jordan spent some time in Chicago. Need to uh, check out some, you know, get on 23andMe. <laughs> yeah. See what we can find. Um, picture was not, his dad was not in the picture in the early days. What it says on Wikipedia. Or oh, about Google. Edwards? Yeah, yeah. It says his dad's name, but it says he wasn't in the picture, so I don't, I don't know. I think the Jimmy Butler one is, is a little bit better than the Anthony Edwards one. Yeah, the Jimmy Butler one does check out, and it checks out more on the timeline of him yeah. running around in Chicago. And Jimmy Butler is kind of <laughs> built like Michael in the sense of just a jerk that wants to win and, like, you know, leaves it all out on the court. So I, I could buy that one. Could buy that one. I still love about Anthony Edwards. Uh, I can't recall if we've talked about this, but dude's a character. He's got a dog. The dog's name is Anthony Edwards Jr. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. It's really simple. Bit. I can't wait for Anthony Edwards on that NBA show. I think he's going to be a hit on that. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, we never really talked about the NBA, like Netflix type of documentary like they did for Formula One and golf. Like they're they're or actually this would be more I guess more in line with the quarterbacks when yes, they did. Yeah. With Mahomes and, and Kirk Cousins. Correct. But yeah, the NBA one with Anthony Edwards and LeBron and Tatum and Sabonis and there was one other person I'm, I'm I want to say Butler. Was it Butler? I think it is Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then yeah like that one's gonna be great. But you when you brought that thing about Anthony Edwards it just reminds me of how dumb we are when it comes to the conversation surrounding the draft in every sport. You know, we made the same mistake in the NFL this last year where it's like, hey, C.J. Stroud, we don't know about this test he took. <laughs> yeah. So he goes number two, and then, of course, the best rookie by far. And you're like, oh, yeah, he was like a five-star, I assume, and like went to Ohio State and, like, you know, 
put on a, maybe the best game film of anybody in college against Georgia in the playoff. But nope, we're going to take Bryce Young instead. And we're going to really, you know, CJ Stroud that talked about, you know, falling out of the top 10 for a while. Like, hey, he's going to really slide. All because of a test. With Anthony Edwards, the same thing kind of happened. They tried to talk themselves into passing on Anthony Edwards because he had always talked about he liked, he liked football better. He liked playing football better. He's like, I wish I was in the NFL instead. And they're like, oh, he doesn't love basketball. He might not need, not need, might not need to draft this guy. And then, of course, he gets to the NBA and is a monster. His one year at Georgia was not great. I mean, it was fine, right? I mean, it's obviously they're looking past that when they look at draftability, but still. Yeah, I mean, I thought he had some real flashes at Georgia to, that showed, like, hey, he's going to be a stud in the NBA. And then, you know, you also look and it's like, oh, he's got no other NBA talent with him. And, like, yeah. he's yeah. coached by Tom Crean. So, like, how much can you really judge him on? But there was a couple of flashes. I remember there was a game, like, in a preseason tournament. It was the Maui tournament yeah, the Maui, out yeah. against Michigan State. He yeah, dropped, he, like, 30 points in the oh, second really? half. Yeah, and it was just pulling three up from like three and trying to keep them in the NBA, game. Like, past NBA range. Yeah. It was crazy, yeah. Yeah, there was a couple of flashes. Like, yeah, this guy's got it. Yeah. But, yeah, they try to talk themselves out of him, and both those guys just stars. I re- I, sometimes I think we don't need as much sports coverage as we actually get. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not as hard as it seems. <laughs> yeah, like the 24-hour news cycle and, like, the, the months leading up to things, like, that's what I was kind of talking about with bracketology. Same thing with mock drafts. You'll see, if you hang around and look at enough mock drafts, you'll see every iteration of the quarterback. You know, Drake May is going first. No, Caleb Williams is first in this mock draft. And, hey, how about how about Shador Sanders? He's a top ten pick if he comes out. And just, you'll see everything. Just like the bracketology with the Vols. You'll see every matchup. Oh, Houston in this Elite Eight or Kansas or, oh, man, what if we have to play Memphis? We got We got a lot of stuff. We have a lot of things we have to cover. We have a lot of time we have to fill in the sports world. We'll set up our story of the day after the break. It is the morning show here. Good morning. Finishing up a couple of accidents out here, including that one from earlier at 75 South at the 151 mile marker in Campbell County. It's pretty busy now on uh, Broadway, trying to get up on that ramp there to 640. Uh, watch for some radar over there this morning on 640, uh, especially around Millertown Pike. Hey, Buckner Plumbing in Knoxville can help you with HVAC, and they're also hiring. Call Buckner Plumbing at 237-9646. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? All right, Bob, what do you find to be the biggest story of the day here on this Tuesday morning? Well, it's a good question. I think, first of all, it and it will only accelerate from here, but... The, the Super Bowl hype cycle slowly starting to wind up. You know, it's only day one of a almost two-week wait. But uh, there were a few things that came out yesterday on that. Um, Do you find yourself getting wrapped up into that? Because for me... I used to used to do that. And like, oh man, like when you're younger and you really love sports and you can't wait for these games. You're like, two weeks, this is crazy. But then, you know, like some point in college finally hit me like hey just completely ignore it for a week and that's kind of how it goes with me now like Super Bowl gets set conference championships are over and then I don't think about it for another week kind of is the way it goes it'd probably be good I I don't think it's kind of what you were talking about in the first segment the media doesn't help that along though they they keep pushing stuff out and particularly on social media too you know there's 
we could probably spend a segment talking about ticket prices. We touched about on that yesterday, but it's just, you know, the, the headline there is they just, they're high and they continue to go higher in just a day or two. Um, What's the most you would spend on a ticket? If your team was in the Super Bowl, would you, would you be willing to drop that money to go see them? I guess you've seen the Colts win a Super Bowl, at least in your lifetime. I don't know. I doubt you were there in the building I, I when wasn't. they beat the Bears, but like, is there any sporting event that you would pay thousands of dollars for? Um, uh, Don't I, say a Purdue National Championship game. No, no, I wasn't because that won't happen. Um, I would say it'd have to be the right scenario. Like, okay, the year that they had the Super Bowl in Indianapolis, which is where I grew up, if the Colts were in that Super Bowl somehow, I would have paid. I might have paid a couple thousand bucks, okay. tops, yeah. tops, not eight thousand, not sure, you know. Sure, sure. But uh, but it'd have to be a scenario like that, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it just depends on the situation. If it were, you know, well, I didn't go. You know, Colts were in Miami. Uh, that I was like, I'll watch on TV. As a Chiefs fan, it's surprising. Or I'm not a Chiefs fan. Let me say, <laughs> but like, it's surprising to see like Chiefs fans have these prices still so expensive. Now, Vegas is a party. The Super Bowl is a party. So, like, I don't know how much this is actually driven by, like, fan demand versus just, like, you know, these are the prices we set because we anticipate people are going to buy them because I always kind of push back a little bit on these stories of tickets are listed for this. Okay, yeah, but are they selling? Like, is anybody buying them yet? As StubHub said, yeah, people are buying $10,000 tickets, $8,000 tickets. Maybe. And like I said, it is in Vegas. It is the Super Bowl. But, like, if you're the Chiefs, how do you not have a little bit of the Alabama thing going where, like, hey, you kind of have seen this a couple times. Like, you saw it literally last year. Right. It's not like you've been waiting your whole life to see your team win a Super Bowl. You saw it last year. Now, the 49ers, I get a little bit more, right? Like, they, a proud franchise, won some Super Bowls in the 90s and, you know, haven't really been back in at least one since then. You know, they came up short twice. So, maybe, maybe there are some 49ers fans there, like, really – hoping to break through, but it's not like the Buffalo Bills. It's not the Cleveland Browns. Like It's not Detroit Lions fans. Like If Detroit was in the Super Bowl and you told me these were the prices, I'd be like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. These people have been waiting their whole life for success. 49ers fans, they, they had some. Like there, there are no 50-year-old men that didn't see their team win a Super Bowl. I saw them win a Super Bowl. I don't really remember it, but I saw it. I'm only 33, so like if you're 50, you definitely remember it. With the Chiefs... There's not even like a three-year-old kid out there that doesn't remember watching this team win a Super Bowl last year. So the ticket price has been a little surprising to me from that standpoint. And I don't know if maybe it's maybe it's a Midwestern thing because while you were saying all that, I think about when I'm down in Florida at spring training uh, where we usually go in Florida. It's uh, the St. Louis Cardinals train down there. Mm-hmm. And it is unbelievable. And it's just spring training. It's unbelievable how many fans come now. Of course, weather's nicer, but it's. I'm wondering if it's a Midwest thing too. You know, where there's less to do, um, so they get even more wrapped up in their teams. You know, it's it, because it is it is hardcore. You you can't get tickets for a Cardinal spring training game um, because the and it's because the Cardinal fans do a takeover all the time. Do Yankees fans do the same? Like down in Florida, I mean, I know a lot of Yankees fans go down. And a lot of Yankee fans live in Florida, you know, because of relocation. So I didn't know if that would be a – because obviously New York's not in the Midwest, but I just wondered if it was like a – Not – well, it, 
the same type of demand? That's a good question. I, I'm not sure. It, it'd be interesting to see where they train at because, but when the when the Yankees or the Red Sox come to Jupiter to play the Cardinals or the Marlins or the teams that train down there, yeah, it's standing room only. Yeah. So, so for a one-off game, yes, absolutely, it is absolutely mobbed. You can't get near it. But uh, I don't know in terms of their home stadium. But I'm, I'm sure you're right. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, seasonal people down there that just come down for four to six months. There's some people who have retired from the East Coast that live there full time, um, and they yeah they love their East Coast sports too. Would your answer have been different if I asked you this when you were 25? About spending thousands of dollars for a sporting event, like has it, has it, have you gained perspective and just like ah, eh, doesn't really matter being in the stadium as much, and you know the money saving it and spending it elsewhere matters more than being at the game because I imagine you know like I talked about in 2020, like I would have paid the six thousand dollars to go watch the Titans in the Super Bowl probably. I don't know if I would do that moving forward. I got really caught up in that first taste of success the Titans had had in a while. I don't know if my answer would be the same. I think if Tennessee was in a national championship, I would make sure I had tickets there. Still, now maybe my answer becomes different a little bit later in life. I don't know. So I'm asking you, like, was your answer the same at 25 as it is now in terms of your stipulation to spend thousands of dollars on your team? I'd probably be more excited about it, but I also wouldn't have the means. Sure. That's that's the difference, yeah. you know? Well, yeah, I think it's just a priorities thing because, I mean, I wouldn't have necessarily had the means in 2020, but I was like, ah, you know what, uh, I don't have to do this, this, and this this year. I can pay my taxes. Ah, who cares? We don't pay our taxes. We'll just go to the Super Bowl instead. I was, I got to tell you, I was so fired up. Um, what was the year? So was it was it 2010 that Tennessee got to the Elite Eight? That would have been 2000, uh, yeah, 10. Yeah. Final Four was in Indianapolis. Right. And I was like – we were in Florida for spring break watching that, well, first the Ohio State game, then the Michigan State game. And uh, in my mind, because uh, I just thought Tennessee was going to beat Michigan State. I, I really was convinced of that. And I was like, man, I'm going to Indy for the Final Four. There is no question. I'll pay whatever it takes. That damn Draymond Green. Yeah. Uh, that was hard. That was hard. But, uh, yeah, for, for me, for some reason, it's uh, maybe because I know it's an easy travel plan, but it's like, Whenever it's going to be a big event, like and it, one of my teams would be in my hometown, I'm I'm down. It's happening, you know. But uh, when they go somewhere else, like if Tennessee goes to the Final Four in Scottsdale, are you going to try to go? Yeah, I mean, see, I'm still at the age where I do it, and I can also kind of justify it in my mind of like, you know what, all these trips, I just write them off as business expenses because we come and talk about it on the show, and I do it, you know, with on other platforms and it's a part of my job so i'm like yeah you know spend four thousand dollars it kind of sucks but it's a business expense it's a job gotta you know maybe sell some advertising to go do it and this and that but i mean last year i was in new york city i went to new york city for the sweet 16 how'd you like the garden first time i'd been to the garden i mean i thought it was cool to be in there i mean i don't know if i would say it was special or anything like but it was it did feel cool to be there and be like oh this is what they call the most famous arena in the world. Yeah, like, just the history of it's great, but it's yeah, it's it needs a little, and I've done some modifications, but it's they're never going to be able to get it to the level of some of these new arenas. I remember liking the lighting. I mean, the lighting of the court and everything I thought was unique. I mean, compared yeah. to like in, in Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center, I mean, the lights uh, something I noticed. But the rafters were cool, like all the things they had hanging up. I'm glad I went. I wish we'd have won. 
But I, I still haven't been able to turn down spending hundreds of dollars on my team whenever they're playing a big game. I, I haven't gotten to that part of life yet. I'm not married, have no kids, so that helps. Because it's not really, you know, really only have to worry about myself. Yeah. So that changes, you know, priorities. Sam, you're at the age where you could just, you know, if you have to, just take out a couple credit cards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you're just establishing credit. <laughs> just take a, sign up for a couple of those credit cards and just establish some credit and, you know. Seven years from now, you'll thank yourself. Like, oh, wow, I'm glad I opened up that credit card. Now my oldest credit line seven years. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't go that way for me, but <laughs> but go ahead, Sam. <laughs> to be honest, watching the Super Bowl in person is like one of my least desirable sporting events I would want to go to, even if the Titans were playing in it. Say that again? Watching the Super Bowl in person is one of like my most least desirable sporting, yeah. sporting events I want to go Why to. Why so? I just, I don't know. I, I really don't enjoy it. Like, it feels more of like a theatrical performance than a like corporate a football. Event. Yeah, yeah. It a feels corporate, like a corporate event, event, I think, yeah. is what you're looking for. I don't for. think it's like the environment necessarily that like you would want out of a like I would rather spend my money on a Tennessee national championship than a Titans Super Bowl to go to. The AFC championship game in Kansas City felt like the way football is supposed yeah. to feel like the Super Bowl would have felt weird. It'd been half the stadium would have been corporate people and just people there for sponsorships and all of that. I feel like I mean I've never been to one, but I don't necessarily disagree. But I do think I would have paid just to go probably would have regretted it and then like by the time they will out the halftime performance and it's 45 minutes and like you're sitting there with all the commercial breaks and stuff you probably would feel like man this is uh not that fun and then if you lose you're really hate yeah, yourself yeah maybe that's the issue it's like man if i pay five thousand dollars for this ticket and we lose mm-hmm. i feel like the biggest idiot around <laughs> exactly yeah a national championship in, in college i think would would get me to still pay, and those yeah. ticket prices aren't near as bad. Like you can get in basketball national championship. I mean, they play in such big arenas. Like last year in the Final Four in national championship, you could be in there for a couple hundred bucks still, but up in the very top. But just to say you went. So, go ahead. No, I was gonna say take it past the Super Bowl or national championship. Have you guys ever gone to any of the other kind of uh, we'll call them bucket list events? You know, whether it's. The Masters, whether it's uh, Indy 500 or the or Daytona or um, yeah, no, I don't think I have been to any of those. Like usually, usually I'm just going to watch my teams play. So I mean, like I went to an AFC Championship, that was kind of cool. Went to the I've been to the tournament, you know, many times when Tennessee's been in it. Went to the SEC Championship when Tennessee's been in it, but never, never a playoff game in college football. Never a national championship, obviously. NASCAR, I went and tailgated for Bristol, but didn't go into the actual race. The Masters would be at the top of my list, probably yeah. for the rest of my life as well. That's top of my list. Um, I've done Kentucky Derby, and Kentucky Derby is such a misleading thing, really iconic, but, man, you have got to be situated in the right place there. Or it's a it's a horrible experience. Hmm. Or be really drunk, I would say. Yeah. Like, be yeah. on the end field with uh, people who would be real drunk. Yeah, maybe would be the way to do that. I remember going to the Derby once where um, we we had this big setup with, uh, and I don't know if well, there's no way you remember him way back when, but he was a it was a pretty prominent uh, morning DJ in Los Angeles, Rick Dees. Mm. Uh, anyway, he is from Kentucky originally, and he has this farm in Danville, Kentucky, and he had this big event. I got invited to my wife and I did where. You go and, you know, it was a nice weekend, but then he was busing everybody to Louisville for the Derby. And it's like, oh, this sounds great, you know, and you got to dress for, you know, dress to impress at the Derby. And so we're all dressed up. 
we get there and we were part of the lower tier of the attendees that were going along because we were put like in some kind of bleacher seats on the outside under no cover. It was like 90 degrees and, and you're dressed like I'm in like, you know, suit and tie. And, and I'm just, I finally, I ended up watching the race in the food court because it was air conditioned <laughs> You know, because it was that miserable. My wife was miserable. It was like, and then we 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 had another, we had another, uh, if, you know, instance there where it was total opposite, and it was wonderful. And I don't ever want to go again because <laughs> then at least we kind of made it right. But yeah, it it was it was rough. Yeah, it's one thing to go to the Kentucky Derby and be outside and deal with the mud and the bugs and the heat. It's another thing to do that while wearing a big goofy hat or like a polyester suit and a <sighs> suit and tie because you have to look nice too. Like. It does seem like it would be a little counterproductive, I guess, or you know, the juxtaposition there is kind of funny. And I was so thankful. The second time around, we were indoors, and uh, and it was pouring rain that day, and it was like God, those poor those poor folks who uh, who are outside, and a lot of them, like you said, John, they don't care because it's a big drunk for a lot of people. I went to SummerSlam when it was in Nashville. That was about it, though. But and they do that in. Titans Stadium, whatever they, did. they call yep. it. Yeah. They did that in uh, Titan Stadium, which whenever you tell me that you don't want to go to the Super Bowl, it kind of I'm having to make a decision within two weeks about my Titans tickets. And like a part of the reason I'm thinking about keeping the season tickets is like, oh, you might get Super Bowl tickets when it comes. But I'm like, do I even want to go? But I'm like, no, but I probably want to sell them. What about like Final Four though when it comes to that? Final Four and like, WrestleMania, yeah. like those things would come. Some big concerts, you keep your seats for those. So like. At least get the rights to buy, you know, some tickets. So like maybe it's expensive to renew the the season tickets yeah, it's very expensive. at the new at the new stadium, right? Like yeah, it's going to be. They haven't told you the exact. Top. They haven't said the exact price, but okay. yeah, it's going to be expensive. I guess when you're talking about cultural events in the Super Bowl, though, I did see Taylor Swift at, in her tour, so that was kind of yeah. That was a, a event you'll think about. It's a biggie. Yeah, yeah. How much would you pay to go to the Masters? How much did I pay? How, how much would you pay? Um. A lot. Even if you could, I think that's the most beautiful place on planet Earth. Yeah, even if you could get to, because I've had friends who have done this. They haven't made it to the Masters, but they go to the par three. You yeah, know, that whole thing would. I mean, even that, you'd jump at that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah any day, any day, I, you, would, I would get in there. You said that was on your bucket list. How much would you pay to go to the Masters? Is there a number that you would buy in? Because I mean, you can't even really. You can't buy resale tickets there, right? I mean, like, people don't really do that. I mean, I, there might be some, I guess, you can get your hands on, but I, it's not really something you think of often with them. It's funny because I say it's a bucket list thing, and then I never make any effort to go <laughs> yeah. do it, right? I would love to go if someone just gave me tickets yeah. and drove me and I was there. I don't want to actually have to put in any work for it. Yeah, I would, I don't know. I'd spend a little money on it uh, because, you know, it's what's crazy, and you've probably heard this, once you get in there, everything else is cheap. Yeah. You know, the food's cheap, everything. I mean, it's, it's really about finding a place to stay and then access to the event itself, but... I'd spend a little money. I don't know. You know, I mean, it depends on what day it would be. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. If it's Saturday or Sunday, uh, it's going to be pricey. Uh, but I'd, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a thousand bucks for okay. a day. Maybe. I'd spend a thousand easy for the Masters. Yeah. Well, start saving your money for the Tennessee Final Four, boys. I'll meet you there. Okay. Sam, send us to break. It's the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. 
Good morning. It continues to build down I-75 coming out of Campbell County through Anderson County as traffic picks up even more now on Rutledge Pike right there getting on that ramp to I-40. Still holding up Chapman Highway coming inbound through South Knoxville. Cupid's Outlet has two locations. Stop by one of them today right there on North Broadway in North Knoxville. The other location on uh, the Parkway in downtown Gatlinburg. Cupid's Outlet, your Valentine's Day headquarters. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half Revolution. Okay, one thing we didn't, I touched on it, but I, we'll put a bow on uh, events. And uh, maybe maybe the morning show's got to do a road trip with me in May. And that's my hometown, the Indy 500. And that's just sheerly from the spectacle of it it's 300,000 people converging at one place and it, it's amazing great people watching there's a lot of tradition to it as well and you know it's memorial day weekend there's just there's there's a whole lot i i would always urge people to check it out once you know i grew up there so i go almost every year but. I had tickets for it in 2019. I had a friend who lives in, or lived in Indianapolis, and I can't remember if he lived there at the time or not, but or was it, we were just going to go back and visit. But I had tickets, and we're going to go. He loves it, and I talked highly of it. And then I had like a family thing come up, and I was like, I bailed. I got some news when my dad got sick or whatever like that weekend or like yeah, leading yeah. up to it. I was like, I was like I'm not going to yeah. be in the mood to go up there and do that anymore. But haven't tried to get back to it since, but I was going to go in 2019. Yeah, and the flip side to that is I say all those great things, and that's another that's another event where, man, if the weather is bad, it is it, it flips from being special to being one of the worst places to be with you know quarter of a million people. It's uh, it's it, it's uh, it's tough in that regard, but but I would I just that's part of my heritage it's where I grew up. It's where I see my crew that I grew up with. About the only time I ever see them now. So it's uh, so you go every year. Pretty much every year. Yeah. I, I missed it uh, two years ago because of, I had COVID. Got it right. Like I'd played in a senior men's Olympics basketball tournament for when I say seniors, it's like over fifty. But uh, and it was in Fort Lauderdale, and you know, a bunch of guys sweating and bumping up against each other from around the country. What could go wrong? Well, you say Olympics. What are, what are you talking about? You were trying to qualify for the Olympics. We qualified. I was on really? a team that represented the state of Tennessee in the nationals. Yeah. Okay, so not not global Olympics. No, it's just national. Gotcha. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. But uh, I think Olympics. I think international. Yeah, okay. as you should. This yeah. is uh, nowhere near that. Okay. But uh, but yeah. It's so how'd you guys do in that tournament down there? We uh, learned a lot. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you had told me you'd like place in the top five, I was going to be really impressed. We, we placed in the top three, but in oh. a, but in a lower bracket. What they do is you you know they come in there and then they seed you. You play and you get seeded and reseeded. So you are the third best team there in the no. I would say we were probably in the ten, eight to ten best because okay. we got we were in the lower level. Okay. And we finished. We bronzed in that. So, okay. but. I, I'm sure I got sick there because I was coming back going, man, now I'm going to Indy for the race, and I was sick as a dog. Just so. big, big, meaty men bumping up with each other, sweating down there in Florida. Hey, there's a cup. There are a couple dudes that played. That uh, one guy, uh, Buck Johnson, who played. He played in the league, averaged double figures for the Wizards, or back then it was the Bullets, for a couple seasons. I mean, there's some players. That's that's what I'm saying. We learned a lot because yeah. we think we're good. To qualify, and we get there, and it's like, yeah, we won a couple games, but, man, we got smoked in a few, too. 
happens to kids all across the country in the spelling bee too. They win their school spelling bee and they just keep <laughs> going up and up and then they eventually run into people who are really about that spelling life. Yeah. They're like, Wow, I thought I could spell, but I can't. These guys are a different class. I get it. <laughs> I understand. Um Hey, let's want to talk a little college basketball. Yeah, I was gonna transition and say, you know, like I still want to spend money on my team. Yes. That's typically where I still uh, – the spectacles are nice, but I still like going out on the road. I have gotten to see some good Vol wins. was there in Tampa when uh, Tennessee won the SEC championship, and I've seen some heartbreaks. I was there for Michigan, and I was there Michigan twice. Not the one that they kicked Bruce's ass, but the, the Jarnell Stokes block <sighs> slash charge. I guess they called it a charge. It was really a block. And I was there whenever Hunter Dickinson – and I've forgotten his name now who had that little hook shot – the guard who hit the running hook shot to kind of put us to bed whenever we were making our comeback. Was it Eli Brooks? Yeah, that sounds right. The guy just throws it up and it goes in. Jesus. I was there for that and then for FAU last year. So I've seen some heartbreaks, but <laughs> I still spend my money to go support my boys. And I do think this Tennessee team has a really good chance to do something special. We were rooting hard last night for Houston to lose as we we're kind of trying to chase them for the one seed. And for a while, it looked like they were going to at Texas, but they were able to overcome a late four-point deficit with about two minutes left to tie that game and send it to overtime, and then they ended up pulling it out in overtime. Yeah, I uh, – did you guys make it to the end of that game? Us no, being the no – early... no, I didn't no, either. I, I didn't. I was trying to pretend like I'd watched it. I know. No, I'm, I'm with you. No, now, I'm saying I'm with you. Asked, well, I know, but now you've asked me, and now we have to tell the audience that we're talking about something we haven't watched. Yeah, but we watched highlights this morning when we got up. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So uh, – I didn't even watch but it, it was that's the I big red. I read the I read the play by play. That's what I like doing. Like okay, four point lead here. What happened? What happened? All oh, nope, gave it up. Biggest difference in my life now. You know, it's like that. It was like three and a half minutes, and I was like, I'm gonna stay. Up. And it was eleven o'clock. I was like, I got to go to bed, man. Uh, no, I didn't even try last night. You guys were texting about it in the group text, like Houston, and I was like, and you're like, yeah, they might go down. I'm like, okay, good enough. I actually crawled into bed like at ten thirty last night. I, it was. I was exhausted. I didn't watch any sports last night. Yeah. Nothing. Well, that was the only thing really worth watching. And um, I don't – did you watch any of the game, Sam, or no? Yeah, I watched the second half. I didn't get the first half of it. But, but you I stayed the all the way up half. through overtime? Uh, I got through, like, half of overtime. Once that I once I felt comfortable with Houston winning the game, I went to sleep. What, what do you – again, we talked about this a little bit yesterday because we said we watched a little of Houston on the weekend. But what do you think of them? I mean, it's they, they just win, but it's like it, – it doesn't look great. No, it's it's not the most attractive brand of basketball that they play. But, yeah, I mean, they, they just win. You're right, Bob. I mean, it's – they grind it out. They kind of grind you down. And, you know, I mean, I think they, they get key production from a couple guys. Obviously, Shed had a huge game last night. But, yeah, I mean, I think they just really rely on that defense and just try to break you down for as long as they can. And, you know, I mean, I think it obviously worked last night kind of down the stretch. You saw Texas sputter a little bit, and, and Houston had some really nice defensive possessions in the last, like, two minutes of that ball game. Yeah, that Shed guy with 25 points, I guess, is either a go-to scorer. Mm -hmm. uh, see, he has another game against Texas Tech earlier this month with 29, so it does seem like he is capable of getting to the 20, high 20s to kind of be, I guess, the go-to score. But when I look just at the box score, I mean, you just see four guys that are giving you some points. Like, they seem pretty balanced in, in terms of getting it from all over the place. And I guess since it was in Austin, Rodney Terry had nothing to 
whine about yes. <laughs> any officiating mistakes? Did he come out and yell at the officials? Uh, I maintain he's not going to be long for that job. I don't think yeah. they'll necessarily make a move after this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if after their first year in the SEC, he's fired. And they're kind of like, okay, we need to actually go get a coach. Mm-hmm. How great would it be if a ref came to him and did a horns down to him? <laughs> Teed him up and then yeah, did the yeah. horns down? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree with you. I I don't. Uh, I mean, I guess Terry earned the job with how they played last season, but we know how it goes at a program like Texas. They're not. You gotta you gotta keep delivering regularly, and they're sputtering a little bit. Um, play- yeah, I don't know if the basketball program does at the same level at football in terms of meddling and like demanding success and all those things. Because uh, they let Shaka Smart hang around for a while without actually ever delivering anything. I don't think. They've got way too talented of a team to be fourteen and seven right now, though. They've got some good guys on that team and just kind of haven't really put it together. Yeah. So Houston wins. Houston ranked number four. Tennessee number five in yesterday's AP poll. Tennessee didn't really move. So yeah, you're hoping that somebody ahead of you loses if you want to move up, and you almost got it last night in Texas. Houston, the Houston basketball program to me is. Is, is really good, and it's kind of makes, – makes me wonder why the football program, I guess, hasn't ever caught up. I understand the difference between basketball and football, but, like, Houston being – I mean, what is it, the fourth biggest city in America, third biggest city? It's up there, right? I mean, like, yeah. it's the biggest college town when you think of it. I mean, like L.A., of course, but, like, number two is Houston. Biggest college town in the south. Cause, I mean, you have Chicago, you have New York. New York, of course, doesn't take any college athletics seriously. It doesn't seem like. I mean, St. John's, I guess, is going to play UConn this weekend, but they're not great yet. Maybe Patino gets them there. But, yeah, like Houston is set up, I think, for just long-term success of being you know, just an elite program. Even with the move to the Big 12, like, it only helps them. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's true. And, and there's so many. It, the other thing I was thinking about when we watched this – edition of Houston basketball um really the last time they were before Kelvin Sampson came in the last time they were really relevant in basketball was back in the five slamma jamma days and it was such a totally different game plan back then they were they were entertaining as hell to watch yeah I mean they have the history I mean that that team won a championship right Houston or did they 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 fell short they got to the championship game okay yeah okay so fell short I mean that's was that like Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler? Clyde Drexler, yeah, um, and then a couple other guys who were kind of marginal NBA players, but those two were the the front line guys. So wait, they played at Houston, then went to ended up with the Rockets later in their career, like right. back in Houston. Yeah, okay. I guess I'd, I don't know if I'd forgotten Clyde Drexler went to Houston or just never really thought about it, but yeah, okay. So I mean, they have the history. So I mean, it's not surprising to see you know Cal, you know Kelvin Sampson getting them to be just year in year out elite. They're kind of is it fair to say like the Gonzaga of the South at least of the the you know past five or six years now. Obviously, they're in a Power Five conference, so maybe you put them ahead of Gonzaga, but they're always around. But you're always wondering have they been tested enough to actually do anything in the tournament? Now I know the American has been better than the WCC you know over the last six or seven years. I mean, you have St. Mary's and maybe like, you know, is there another team up there? Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Yeah. Like the, really just a three team league ever. Whereas yeah. the American at least had four or five teams that you were considered 
solid. So I, I would say the America's been better. But Houston, up until this year, just kind of beats up on the, the conference, doesn't really get tested, you know, game in, game out, like these big-time schools. And then you get to the tournament, and you're wondering, okay, is it legit? And Houston, for the most part, is kind of underachieved in the tournament, I would say. They haven't really hit the level we thought they would because a lot of years we think, hey, it's the best team. Yeah, they had well. They had the one Final Four year, but that's you're right. Other than that, it's it's not been the case. Um, and I, I do think maybe they, the move to the Big Twelve is key for them. Clearly, I because yeah. I I do think the American has been, I guess for a moment, you know, I guess UConn was in the American for a little bit, and that mm-hmm. that added some uh, credibility to that conference. Now it's just a it's a bit of a joke. Now, I mean, we were talking about that the other day. Memphis is. You know, they can't if they can't run that show, that's that's a problem and they're struggling a little. Yeah, I saw Memphis had fallen all the way to being a like just a just a twenty five percent chance of making the tournament at this point when you look at their resume and like their upcoming schedule and like the lack of quality wins they're gonna have. They went from being like a seven or eight seed or maybe a nine seed that was linked to maybe playing Tennessee in the second round to now like yeah maybe not going to be in the tournament so like the american not really going to have the depth there to hold them up but yeah i mean i think houston you know just kind of i know texas is leaving but like you saw you know two big 12 programs in texas and like you could argue that texas is far behind houston even behind baylor and you know maybe the third best program in the state and you know they're leaving to the sec of course but you know, Houston, I think, to me, is a top seven or eight program moving forward as long as Samson's there. And like, just, just just winning those tough games on the road just kind of solidifies them this year. So I, I do think I will think of them differently when it comes to tournament time. Like, if, if Tennessee is matched up in their bracket as a two seed, like, that's a really tough game. Matchup-wise, I think I'll take Tennessee's chances just because of the size and, and Houston doesn't have it. But Houston's kind of got those dogs in them that we talk about. You know, kind of like how FAU was wired last year. You'd be running into a more physical team that, you know, plays hard, and Tennessee would have to match that intensity. That was something that stands out to me when I look at Houston. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. And we, we talked about it a moment ago with bracketology. You know, that stuff's going to fluctuate for weeks to come. But as, at the moment, yeah, it, you know, they've got Tennessee and Houston in that same regional. And, uh, hey, if we could get to that game, you know, playing for a final four slot that's a big step and i don't know what kind of game that would be like because it's it's kind of like worlds collide in terms of defensive efficiency and everything else but i agree with you i like the notion of if tennessee was playing them tennessee would have the size advantage for sure and the and like the tempo advantage houston plays slow and wants to grind you out like they had an overtime game where that was what 72 to 76 yeah which i mean that's a standard ugly college basketball game when you think of you know 45 minutes of action Tennessee's been there for a long time right like Tennessee plays a little bit faster and scores more points now but yeah you talk about the efficiency and the defense like that would be the number one defense versus the number two defense yeah and Houston number one Tennessee number two and 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 the offense is 17 and 19 so Houston's got you beaten both of those metrics but Tennessee not far behind Houston Uh, number one in terms of the Kempom ratings yeah then the other game last night was Duke, uh, number seven over Virginia Tech. They took care of business. Uh, I want to believe, you know, we saw Duke get beat by Pitt at Cameron last, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. Thought that maybe there was, uh, they were starting to fade. I still don't think they're that good. I think the ACC, we've talked about that in general, is not very good this year. 
we'll see for sure. They play. It's a big weekend coming up in college basketball. They play North Carolina this weekend. Yeah, you need Duke to do Tennessee a favor. You know, that's a team you're chasing for the one seed that's going to have. A, I don't want to say a head-to-head tiebreaker because it was in Chapel Hill, so like it, it does, it's not exactly graded evenly there. We know going on the road is harder, and winning at home is not as impressive as winning neutral side or, of course, on the road. But you need North Carolina to drop a couple. And in the ACC, they're not going to have many opportunities. So, like, you need Duke to do you a solid here. You're talking about the ACC being down. Yeah, I mean, you just have to – I'm just on these Kempom ratings. And, like, you you have North Carolina at number six. You have Duke at number 13. And then you have to go all the way down to number 29 before you find another ACC school. Yeah. Clemson. Like, you know, the, the, the conference there, not very deep. There's still chatter that there may only be two teams in the tournament from the ACC, depending upon how it shakes out. That seems – that's a pretty bold statement, but, man, that, that would definitely frame up the state of the conference at least this season. Just comparatively speaking, you're looking at the SEC who has bypassed the ACC in terms of conference prestige. Maybe not conference prestige, but like the the SEC is better at basketball than the ACC, and it's been that way for the last couple of years. Wow. Now, maybe whether or not people have you know give give the SEC the prestige they deserve, that's probably not the case. Because even with that being said, the SEC hasn't won a national championship in a while in basketball. But like you have Tennessee at four, Auburn. Alabama at seven and eight. You have Kentucky at number twenty. So I mean that that's what four schools there in the top twenty. Whereas I told you the ACC has three in the top twenty nine. Yeah. Well, just you wait till the ACC gets Stanford, Cal, and SMU in there. That's gonna ratchet things up. That is true for that conference. That is true. That sure. will that will finally solidify them and get them back. <laughs> It is crazy. Like, have there been any reasons why? Is it just like a transition period between Coach K and Roy Williams leaving? Because, like, that doesn't explain why everyone else sucks. I mean, most years in the past, you would have Florida State doing their thing, and, you know, that program has taken huge step backs as, you know, I, I guess transitioning out of the Leonard ha- Hamilton era. Well, Bayheim leaving Syracuse. Yeah, know, but Syracuse had kind of slipped in his last years anyway. True. Like, I mean, they, they were kind of in the 100 range. I mean, they were – not really a factor, I don't think. Yeah, and um, I think Virginia's fall off with Tony Bennett. That's okay. Been pretty, yeah, uh, and also it's you've always had an expectation up until the last couple of seasons that Louisville's always in that conversation too, and they are horrible at this point. Horrible. Okay, so yeah, Louisville being just maybe the worst Power Five team in the country, or at least one of. Yeah, Sam, you're right. Virginia went from a top ten team to now they're number fifty nine, right there of Memphis. Uh, Virginia Tech was never like great, but like they're at least it's a tough place to play. Yeah, they're at least like a top fifty team, and like mm-hmm. Buzz had them like on the bubble or like you know in the tournament, you know like on the right side of the bubble, and you know they kind of fallen out there too. So Miami this year not doing them any favors, although Miami has done a good job. They've stayed pretty solid. I feel yeah, the last couple of years, yeah. but this year they're not very good no. so far. Which is a bit of a surprise. I yeah. mean, they were top 10 preseason. Yeah, they returned almost everybody, it yep. felt like. Yep. They might be missing somebody they lost, but I thought they were bringing back their guards. And I think you're right. It was kind of set up to be good, and yeah, they haven't done it either this year. So, yeah, there's a lot of factors, I guess, nobody really doing, nobody really pulling their weight, except Carolina right now, because you would say Duke's even been a little underachieving. Yeah, that, that, that's what surprised me. I mean, Duke's, outside of that pit loss, they've won like 10 of 11, but again, I, I don't see them 
feeling like the they're the, scraping by. Yeah, they're not the wagon that mm-hmm. they've been in the past. Um, they had to shoot like sixty percent from three last night to win by like nine points. Yeah. And even with that being said, we know that if they get even remotely hot and beat up on the ACC, that everyone will talk themselves into them being a, yeah. a legitimate championship contender. And you saw it last year. You know, Duke had won some ACC games, like and they match up with Tennessee, and everyone's picking Duke. And of course, we we know how that went. So. The prestige of the ACC not gone from a national perspective just yet. They'll still keep getting the benefit of the doubt, I guess, at least the big programs. Hour one in the books. We'll kick off hour two with some things you might have missed from yesterday. It's the morning show here on Fan Run Radio.